Welcome to this podcast message from Kingdom Faith Church. Good evening, everybody. If you'd like to come in the middle, stand up, rise to your feet, a big welcome to each and every one of you. We are so happy to see you here. Thank you for coming and praying. Who's ready to encounter God this evening? Who has come expectant this evening? All right, tell, just turn to your neighbor and say, God's going to do great things tonight. Great. Exactly. We are just expectant. We want to keep pushing. We want to keep pressing in tonight. We believe that God wants to release more of himself, more of his power, more of his uh, love and everything to us. There's a verse in 2 Timothy 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 6 that says, This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Is that exactly what we're going to do tonight? We want to keep stirring that fire. We want to keep fanning into flames. We want to give God our best as we praise Him. So let's start stirring that gift. Just start praising God. Just start worshiping Him. Just start strong. Give Him your best tonight. And as you do, He's going to release more of Himself over each and every one of us. Father, we praise You. We exalt You, Lord.
that I've had running around my head so just keep your eyes closed but just hear the spirit of God in this at the moment we're at the Olympics you can see the stadium is filled with people and the sprinters are there on the start line with their feet in the blocks and the anticipation and the longing and the desire of God's heart saying are you ready Are you ready to run? Are you ready to give everything for this moment, for where we are right now? Are you ready to give up? Are you ready to sacrifice, to train, to pray, to give all you have so that when that gun fires, you run with everything that you have. You run with every passion within your being. Are you ready? Are you ready to go after God? Are you ready to go after the harvest? Are you ready to go after the lost? Are you ready to get in the sea and get wet and get mucky and get messy? Are you ready to give everything it takes to get these people out of where they are and into the life and into the kingdom? Are you ready? Are you ready? Kere, shake, mama, sururoi, shibre, kere. See those people in front of you, are you ready? Are you a javelin thrower? Do you need to get ready in your stance to throw life and truth into a situation? Are you a relay runner? Have you got something to pass on to the next generation? Have you got something to give? Father, Father, come, ignite that passion within us to run. Jesus, let him show you, let him show you. He's going to show you something. For some of you, some really specific things right now. For this week, who are you running for? Who are you running for? And just begin to let the Spirit pray through you as you see those people. Kebara yasandara yasibra ba yusoto yazimbari yazite ramasukore de keshikere de de ramazite kez yazite kere de ramazoto tere kesere ke oh Jesus se shibre bete ke ramazite ke mama soto tere ramasoto ramazine de keshikere de de ramazite A standard of health and wholeness 
if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Every one of us, we're here tonight because we're going after him. He's moving forward. He's going places and we want to keep up with him. So we're going after him. We're following him. We want to keep up with him. And God is accelerating the pace. He wants to quicken the pace. And when something quickens, it takes a little bit more energy. It takes a little bit more get up and go. But when something quickens, it also takes a bit more concentration. Because when you're going slowly, you can look around, you can look at the scenery, you can talk about this, that and the other and take in this, that and the other. But when the pace increases and when something accelerates, you have to concentrate a bit more because it's very easy to go offline or to swerve off the lane or whatever. So the faster you go, the more you have to keep attention to what you're doing. Your, your reactions have to be quicker and, and everything has to happen at a faster pace. And it's like God saying, come and follow me. But anyone that comes after me must deny himself. God has been getting us to stir up the fire. Stir up the fire. Why? Because when you stir up the fire, it consumes things. It consumes all the stuff that can take our attention, take us off whatever, but it also consumes us with Him. it says throw off everything that hinders and any sin that might entangle none of us here want to intentionally sin or do our own thing but there are sometimes stuff that we just need to throw off that God says throw it off because there's not time for that any longer and there may be things this evening that the Holy Spirit just shows you that you got an attachment to or mean something to you that adds value to your life or gives you a bit more identity or sense of achievement or accomplishment. It might be things, it could be stuff, it could be what motivates you, it could be image or things, how people perceive you, whatever it might be.
And as the Word says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That's a daily thing. What that means is not that we have to walk around with a heavy cross. What it means is surrender. Surrender. Moment by moment, day by day. And God has spoken a lot about harvest, hasn't He? And last week and even coming into this week, He's not just talking about harvest in a general way. He's becoming more specific in the way that He's speaking about those that don't know Him. And what He is seeing, what He sees goes going on. What He wants to rescue, what He wants to heal, those He wants to save, those He wants to deliver, those that He wants to bring out of the clutches of the enemy. And when the, the Bible says here, when Jesus is speaking and He says, those who want to follow me must deny himself and take up the cross. It then says in the next verse, for whatever, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses life for me and for the gospel will save it. I, I, I'm assuming everybody in the room here is born again tonight to come to this kind of event. Maybe you're not tonight. I know there might be somebody here. Tonight would be a great night to surrender your life to Jesus. But for, I'm assuming all of us or virtually everybody in the room, we have already been saved. We have already surrendered our lives to Jesus. But then the Bible talks about salvation, not just a one-time event. You have been saved, therefore that's it. The Bible talks about salvation in three ways. You have been saved, you are being saved, and you will be saved. Salvation is like an eternal continuum that is going on while we're alive. And because we are born again, we've surrendered our lives to the Lord. We now belong to Him. We, we now want to work out that salvation. We want to continue in that salvation. And this is what Jesus is saying. He's talking about being born again and working out your salvation. And then He goes on to talk about, and you will be saved at the end of this little passage when He says, if anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and, and sinful generation, the Son of Man will will also be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. So Jesus is covering what, what salvation means in these few verses. Those who want to save their lives will lose it. Those who don't surrender everything to me and decide to live for themselves, they will lose their lives. But those that surrender everything to me, those that give themselves to me, they will save their lives. And so in that salvation, in the fullness of life that He has given us, He's now saying, and for the gospel. And for the gospel. So now we are born again. Now we're living with the salvation that He has. He's now saying, take the gospel of salvation that you have received and now live for the gospel. Live for the outworking of the gospel. 
Live now for the salvation of the gospel. Live now for the salvation of those who have not yet come into what you have already received. And then he says, those that are ashamed of me and this generation and everything else, I won't be able to say anything on their behalf before the Father. those who have surrendered their lives, those who live for the gospel, those who have said, I don't want to live for my own life and my own gain and my own benefit. I choose to lose and deny what might benefit me, what might fulfill me, what might in the natural add something in my life or give me a different identity or give me a good reputation or a sense of accomplishment in my own life. I, I want to die to those things and deny those things because my identity is in Christ. My fulfillment is in Christ. My satisfaction is in Christ. My reputation is in Christ. So Father, I surrender afresh to you because we're all seeking to live a surrendered life denying self. How do you deny self? You don't focus on it. You focus on who He is. How do you deny self? You keep stirring up that gift that is within you, as we heard the other day. You keep stirring up the fire that is within you because when you stir up the fire, the desire within you is to, is to, is to serve God, is to please Him, is to want what He wants because that's the fire that is alive in you. But if you feel something else, there are also fires of destruction. are after those things we're here because we want to live in the fire of God we want to live in the fullness of him which he has given us and we're living to lose our lives knowing that that will save it and the next step for us is then to live for the gospel to live for the gospel to live for the gospel. And as God is accelerating what He's doing in these days, there'll be less time for certain things, less time for stuff. Because of the pace that God is working, our lifestyle changes, our time schedule changes. What we give ourselves to, it because it becomes the desire of our life in increasing ways that we want to invest, we want to disciple, we want to be with, we want to bless, we want to serve, we want to, it's, it's, it's the Christian life. So let's take a few moments. If you know there is anything, it's not searching yourself have I got any sin all over the place? It's not searching yourself. The Bible says that we don't search ourselves in that way. The Holy Spirit is the one that highlights stuff. So if the Holy Spirit brings anything to mind at this moment that you need to repent of, get right with Him, then, then do that with Him. But there might be some other things that the Holy Spirit speaks to you about. I'll just give you an example Yesterday in the lunchtime prayer meeting, the person who was leading it, she was really honest. It's something she said, 
in the light of this kind of thing. And she was leading it. She said in one of the meetings last week, in one of the evenings, while we were meeting with God and God was working and moving amongst us, she said, God said something to me. He said, do you want alcohol more than me? And she was a bit taken aback. She said, well, what do you mean? And he said, do you want alcohol more than me? And she said, no, I, I want you more than alcohol. And it's not that she had a, she's got a problem with alcohol and an issue with alcohol. But in that moment, God was speaking something personal to her. And there was an exchange of conversation that went on. Same thing two or three times. And what she said is God spoke to me and said, I, I, I want you to stop drinking alcohol. And she knew I'm, I'm to never drink alcohol again in my life. And it's connected with some other stuff that is, would be for her to say uh, if she wanted to. I, wouldn't, I don't want to say some things she said yesterday. But there's certain reasons why God said that. But also when God does something like that in our lives, it's for a purpose. It's not just because he fancies picking on something in our life. And God might speak to you right in this moment about something. There's nothing wrong with drinking alcohol. There's an issue with getting drunk, but there's nothing wrong with drinking alcohol. But for that person, God spoke to her. And when God speaks to us in our lives about something, and we respond to Him. He then gives us the grace to let it go and the grace then to live fully fulfilled and satisfied without ever needing whatever it was again in our lives. Now there's going to be a reason why He said that to her. And that will probably unfold in the coming days, weeks, months, years. Because God has a purpose in everything that He does in our lives. And sometimes when He speaks to us, it is a moment of surrender, a point of surrender. Are we willing to let go of something because there is more to take hold of in Him? And for whatever reason, God knows, in order for us to take hold of more of Him, then we need to let go of something or whatever it may be. Why does He do these things? So that we live more fully in Him. So that we can be more effective in our lives. Be more fruitful in whatever way that He is leading us into, calling us to. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You speak right now. Anything that you need us to throw off, that we need to submit, surrender, let go of, we thank you with a grace to respond to you. The grace to respond to you. See, this is part of the refining fire. In Deuteronomy, God is described in the Bible as the all-consuming fire.
He's also described as the refining fire. And so as we walk with Him, He refines us. And this is part of His refining, fine-tuning, refining. It's like Sarah was saying, it is part of, in that, that, that vision she had, as she shared that, is part of enabling us to be spiritually fit and healthy ready as we were not just ready because the race has already started but as we run the race it enables us to run healthy run strong run effectively in this race whatever baton we're passing on whatever javelin we're throwing whatever it is that part of the race and part of the team that God has called you to be the team of who we are as a body as a family as a church whatever aspect that God has called you to play and be a part we all want to be fit for purpose fit in our lifestyle both inwardly and outwardly as we make disciples much of discipleship is what is picked up what is caught by the way we live by what somebody sees by what they pick up in terms of the the atmosphere to feel the dynamic around our life it's, it's not just what we say to somebody the great commission is uh teach them to obey everything I've commanded the word teach them means to show by example as you go teach them to obey show them by example how to live thank you Lord thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Lord thank you Lord just dealing with any any of the bits and pieces at the moment. We'll come on to the gospel in a mo in a moment. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Just surrender yourself afresh. Remember that picture that God gave us. I think it was Thursday night about being a ship and the mast being held secure, the rigging tight, and the sails out, fully out and, I, and on Sunday morning here was part of the response, we got everybody like we did on Thursday to stand with their arms wide open, saying Father I surrender to you afresh, I give myself I want my life to be wide open the rigging and the sails and tight and, and spread out and the mast secure and everything else this is just part of making sure the mast, the rigging, the sails, everything in place because God wants to lead every one of us as a ship and then together as an armada he wants to lead us in to people's lives he wants to plunder the enemy's territory armada goes into battle and somebody told me today it was, it was amazing when when the British or the English fleet as it was defeated the Spanish armada the thing that defeated them listen to this it was so cool it's, they sent the boats into the Spanish Armada and they were boats of fire. How cool is that? They were boats of fire in terms of the analogy that God's been giving us. And it was the boats of fire that fired 
cannonballs of fire that defeated all the Spanish Armada, defeated the enemy in that moment. And God has been speaking to us about stirring up the fire. Stir up the fire within you. Stir up the gift that is in you, this within you, so that you are people of fire, so that you're on fire. And then he speaks about a ship, you know. And then I heard this today, and it's and part of what we said on I think, I don't know what it was, Sunday morning, I think it came out in a different way, that he's sending us an armada into enemy territory and we're going to plunder the enemy and then we bring back salvation, we we bring back people and everything that they need, their salvation, their freedom, their healing, their deliverance. And we're going as boats of fire, boats of fire, boats of fire. And what do boats of fire do? They bring back plunder. They bring back, they go into enemy territory and they bring back the plunder. They bring back the souls. They bring back the people. So when we go in with the fire, we're not going to be burnt up by the enemy, affected by the enemy, but we burn up enemy activity when we go into people's lives. And then in our lives, because we're a boat, there's room for others. When we're a ship, there's room for others. When we're armada, there's room for many. And what happens on a ship? There's food and water. It's a place of shelter, a place to rest, a place to sleep, a place to be recuperated, healed and mended on the journey back. Because there's supplies on that ship. And there's supplies in each one of our lives personally where every one of us can feed people. That could, be, that could be practically, naturally with food, but also we can feed people spiritually. Also, there's water. We can water, give people a drink, but also we can help water people spiritually. Because we're living in who we are in Christ, our lives are a place of rest and peace. So as we go in and we, we plunder the enemy territory and people come into our lives and we come into theirs, they come into that, that same life of peace that we have because there's a peace that we have that can be imparted into them. There's a life that we have that can be released into them. So there's room in all of our lives to, to, to carry people. doesn't mean we do everything for them but we carry them in a place where we feed water place of rest as they come into everything that God wants to give them as they come into that we can feed and water and bless and serve and be a place of safety a place of security a place they've not known in their lives before and every one of us is called to be like that because every one of us is a ship with the sails wide out and the sails secure and the rigging tight and the wind blowing in our lives. And as they learn from each one of us, as we've made room in our lives, we begin to disciple and invest and love and bless people in this way. Then we get the the privilege of launching them out as, as their own ship in Christ to then go and do the same with us together and then they become carriers of others, plundering enemy territory. And then they begin to make disciples as you've discipled them, as you've invested in them. You see, that's what Paul talks about in terms of discipleship in, in the New Testament. He invested in Timothy. Timothy invested in reliable men and then reliable men invested in others. Paul was looking for an ongoing outcome through his investment into Timothy. 
And God not only wants each one of us to reach an individual or a family, a couple of household and see them born again. He wants us to invest in their lives and disciple them. That's the gospel. That's being a, 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 a disciple of Jesus, someone who makes disciples. And then we equip them to the point where they go and do the same. They start, there's a, a multiplication, a reproduction. That's what God's talking about. He's talking about an armada. Now, I don't know how many ships are in an armada. I don't know if an armada is more than a fleet. A fleet of ships is one thing, an armada is another. I don't know. Maybe it's just a different word. But whatever, this armada is only going to increase. from that dream the enemy is out to collect people's souls well that's we're not having that and as we're watchmen we're not having that on our watch Emily agree with that we're not having that on our watch and so instead we're going to be the soul collectors we're going to be the one that collects the souls or Jesus is but he's going to do it through us soul collectors disciple makers let's stand to our feet shall we thank you Lord thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you we've thrown off stuff we've let go of stuff there might be an ongoing thing that God has started in you tonight that you to do with something I don't know uh, it might mean for, for some of you I don't know it might mean there's an object or something in your life it, it might be a little thing it could be a big thing I don't know what it might be something and and I'm not saying you have to give it away or sell it, but that might you might God might say, I want you to release that from your life, uh, or, or whatever it is, whatever it may be. But we've dealt with that stuff. Now what we want to do is say, Jesus, I want to live out your word in this way, where you say, whoever wants to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it it's interesting how Jesus says who sorry who loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it so there's an expectation I don't know if there's any other way of putting it there's an expectation from God towards us not just to live in our own salvation but to take his salvation to others and take the gospel to others it's like there's an expectation through what Jesus says that if you're going to lose your life in the natural and then save it spiritually that involves going with the gospel how many of you want to go with the gospel as that ship right now maybe just say to the Lord this evening Father there's room in my life for others there's room in my life for others there's room in on this ship for others thank him for the food and water that you have in your life thank him for all the supply that you have 
you know, when you give of what God's given you, you'll never run out. It's absolutely impossible. You cannot run out when you give. Because the more you give, the more you receive. And we've often used that in the context of, you know, if I sow, I'll be blessed. If I give, I'll be blessed. If I love, I'll get, you know, all of that. But actually, I think Jesus means a bit more. The more you give of love, the more love there'll be to give even more of that love. The more of this you release, the more of it there will be to release. I think he means that. And so you will never run dry of whatever as we give away. So just thank the Lord for what you have. It'd be nice to have a little bit of vocal response tonight. So it's not just thinking in your mind or, or, or sort of muttering with your lips. It'd be good just to lift your voice a bit and, and pray out some stuff, declare some stuff, just speak some stuff, engage your heart and your mind at another level, putting words to what you're, how you're responding to the Lord. But just say to him tonight, Father, I thank you for the food and water you put in my life, your word and your spirit that is in me. I thank you that you give me the full supply of everything I need to walk as a believer in you but also not just that I'm saved myself but also living for the gospel so that others can come into everything that you have given me I thank you for the full supply of everything Father there's room in this life there is room in this life for others there's room in this life for others Father there is room in my home for others but that's what this means it means there's room in my home there's room in my home there's room round the table. There's room in my lounge. There's food in my fridge. <laughs> There's money in my bank account. There's clothes in my wardrobe. There's things that I have in my home. There's room, Father, for those that might need something from me because they don't have it or they need it or whatever it is. Father, there's room for the gospel. There's room for the gospel. There's room for the gospel. What does the word gospel mean? It means to fully gospelize somebody, to fully transform somebody's life with the life and the nature of who God is. So when it says for the gospel, it doesn't mean just sharing our faith to somebody. It means living for the full gospelization of those that are around us, the culture around us, society around us, people around us, the full gospelizing of everything that goes on. Because there's an enemy at work that is trying to negatively gospelize everything with his own agenda, his own gospel. His gospel is sin and death. having a pretty good go but yet there's an army that God is rising raising there's a there's an army that God is raising there's believers that God is raising there's people who are praying the night and the day there's watchmen that God is right that raising up there's people with a compassion and love that God is raising up people in this room this is who God is speaking about is people with love and compassion and faith people that have a supply people that are a ship with their mast held secure their sails right out tight the rigging tight and get in the wind of the spirit going wherever he leads us to go because there's room in our life there's room in our life there's room in our life there's room for healing because He is the healer and the healer is in us. There's room for others to be in our lives and be healed. There's room for freedom because 
where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we have the Holy Spirit. Wherever we go, freedom is at hand for somebody. Salvation is at hand. Healing is at hand. Why? Because Jesus said the Kingdom of Heaven is not over there or over here, but the Kingdom of Heaven is within you. And it's the Gospel of the Kingdom that we're taking out there. thank Him for all the spiritual gifts that you have. That you have all the spiritual gifts you need. Discernment when you're out there, chatting to people in work or in the community, neighbours, whoever it is, wherever we are. That you've got discernment to know what you're saying and what's going on and picking up stuff. Thank Him that you can have words of knowledge, words of wisdom, insight, God telling you stuff you didn't know and then how to actually speak that and bring that into a situation. You've got gifts of healings. Therefore, you can see God do all sorts of things. Why? Because He is in you. The healer is in you. The one who gives the gifts is in you. You are fully supplied, fully equipped. You are armed and ready for everything He puts in front of you. Just thank Him. I'm ready. Just say, Father, I thank You that I'm ready. It's not about feeling ready. Because He's ready. We're ready. So it's like, Father, I thank You that You have made me ready. You've given me everything I need. I thank You that You lead and guide me now. Take this ship where You want it to go as part of the armada as we plunder the things of the enemy. And Your kingdom is populated with people, couples, families, households. We thank You, Lord. We praise Your Name. We praise Your Name. We thank You, Lord. We thank You, Lord. Now just let's ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, open the eyes of our heart. Open the eyes of our heart to see how you see. Open the eyes of our heart so that we see how, so that we don't miss the miracle. We don't want to walk past the miracle. What's the miracle? It's the person that God wants us to reach, to speak to, to love, to serve, to minister to in some way. The miracle. Because there are miracles, loads of them out there. It's like, Father, open up the eyes of my heart. Let me see the miracles, the people that I don't want to walk by. I want to be ready and available. When you nudge me, say over there, go and chat with them, go and sit with them, go and get them a coffee. Or whatever it might be, you might nudge you, pop around, see your neighbour for whatever reason. Or whatever it might be, you're walking around town. Holy Spirit, if there's anybody you want me to talk to while I'm shopping, anybody you, you, you want me to come across, I don't know, whoever it is, somebody who knows God, somebody who doesn't. Holy Spirit, is there anything, anybody you want me to talk to? Anybody you want me to pray with while I'm here? I've been doing that a bit more recently. When, when I, I don't go down that often, but when I've been there, every time I get out of the car and go out and say, Father, if, if there's anybody you want me to talk to while I'm down here, would you, would you lead me to people? And once or twice, I've bumped into people that I know, that I hadn't seen for a while, and you have a conversation for a few minutes. And... And you end up saying something without realising it that then speaks into their life. And they suddenly go, oh, that's amazing you've just said that. And then they recount what they've been going through and then why you haven't seen them for a while. And suddenly they're like, oh, you know, um, that was so good to meet you. That was so helpful. That's been so encouraging. I, I need to do this now. I don't know what situations God wants to, but it's literally just being available isn't it, in the moment. Because we live on mission. We live on mission. 
We thank you, Lord. We praise your name. We praise your name. We had a great time the first part, encountering God, meeting with him, declaring who he is, just being in the flow, being full of him and encountering him. And then God's like, right, great. Now let's take the life of that encounter and how I'm revealing them, helping to fuel the fire that you are stirring up within you because that's what happens when we stir up the fire the gift that was in us we begin to worship like tonight then he also adds to that fire he has his spirit adds to that then he says right now let's take this somewhere this ship that is a fire ship a ship of fire and it's amazing isn't it how that that the fire of the holy spirit doesn't burn the ship up it releases power and love and salvation from that ship thank him that you're a ship of fire ship of fire thank you father and what happens when others come onto that ship two things god cleanses their life with his fire purifies them with his fire And then he consumes them with who he is. Because what kind of things do we want to see happen when people get saved? That they never, ever turn away. They never, ever become a prodigal in any way whatsoever. But once they are born again, their lives are so transformed. They meet with God in such a life-changing, encountering way that that sets the course for the rest of their days, the rest of their lives. That they don't think, they don't, it doesn't cross their mind at any moment. Well, I could do this, I could do that. No, because they're so caught with who God is. That's it. How many of you can believe for that? How many of you believe for that? The people we're praying for, the people we're reaching, the people we're going for, as they give their lives to the Lord, they're so transformed, they will never, ever turn away. Just lift all those before you right now. The prayer night the other night on Friday, one of the things we did when we prayed, I can't remember exactly what we're praying for at the moment, but what we were praying for was locally, people in the community. What we said is the people that we know, people that we are praying for, reaching out to, because we are seated in Christ and we're seated with Him at the right hand of the Father, when we pray, we don't pray from a position of being on earth to heaven. We pray from being a place of seated with Christ. And because that is a place of victory, we start from a place of victory. We pray in a place of victory so that the victory that we have is then released into the situation that needs the victory. So we're not praying from here, praying towards the Lord, trying to get the victory to come down to where we are because we haven't got it. No, we have the victory already. We have the salvation. We have the deliverance. We have everything that people need. And so when we pray, we're praying from that place of victory and we're seeing that released into people's lives. So what we're going to do, I want us to lift both hands. And what we're doing is we are lifting up these people right before the face of the Father. Now, when we lift people up like this, because we're seated with Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father, the enemy cannot touch them. 
He can't reach them. When we've started to pray for them and we're lifting them up before the Father, the enemy has no possibility or chance of getting hold of them because we've lifted them out of His reach. That's what happens when we begin to pray. There's only going to be one outcome when we pray. And that's salvation, freedom, deliverance, healing. There's only one outcome. So let's lift these people to the Lord right now. Doesn't matter how far away they look from, they are, they seem to be from God. It doesn't matter how many conversations you've had with them. It doesn't matter what they've said to you, how they behave. Lift them up right now before the face of the Father, before His throne. Let's lift them up and say, Father, Father, here they are. My family, my friends, my mate, whoever it is. Father, here they are. Father, I lift them before You right now. And I thank You that You see them. I thank You that You love them. I thank You that You died for them. You gave Your life for them. And I thank You, You rose from the dead for them. And you've given, you want to give them the same life that you've given me. And so Father, from this place, being in your throne, before your throne. Joining in with Jesus as He's praying right now for these people. We thank you for the release of salvation into their lives. We thank you for the release of deep conviction into every heart and life. We thank You for revelation of who You are that cuts through every argument, every reason, every excuse, every bad experience of life, of Christians, of church, of who they think You are. We thank You, Father, for the release of revelation, the release of revelation and that deep conviction that leads to repentance Godly repentance. Keep them up high. Keep your hands up high. Don't don't get your arms down. We're praying here, guys. We're lifting them up as a prophetic statement here. We don't want to drop our hands and say, oh, you know, they're getting tired. You know, God wants to increase the spiritual energy, the spiritual energy that we have in our lives so that we don't give up after a few seconds or a couple of minutes. We're saying, Father, I'm lifting them up before Your throne and I'm going to keep them before Your face until I see the reality of their salvation in their lives. So I'm going to contend for them in the Spirit day after day after day after day. And I'm going to go as well because I'm not just going to pray. I'm also going to go. I'm going to be that fire ship that's going to go into their lives. I thank You, Lord. I praise Your Name. Now just take hold. Now take authority now over every lie of the enemy that tries to surround their life. Just break all the lies and deceit of the enemy right now. You pray that out. I break off every lie, every deceit of the enemy around their lives that says God is not real or He won't do what I've been told He'll do or He can never forgive me or He can never love me or He can never accept me. We break off those lies right now in Jesus' Name. We speak to our friends and family. We cut you off from the lies of the enemy right now. 
and all the deceit that he tries to capture you in. We break off the hold of those lies right now and we release the truth of God's Word, the truth of the Gospel into your life right now. So there's revelation of Jesus, revelation of who He is and what He's done for you. We thank You, Lord. We praise Your Name. Come on, let's just begin to up the prayer a little bit, guys. Just begin to pray in tongues now. Begin to pray in tongues. Pray from your spirit, not your head. Let him grip you a bit more deeply as you pray. Kitaba head rodo rodo. Gigste te ke 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 bombay. Gigste gibrata rete ke ke. Breaking off every chain. Breaking off every chain. Breaking off every addiction. Breaking off every excuse. Breaking off every lie of the enemy. Breaking off every taunt of the enemy. God's salvation being released. His salvation being released. Shigite Rokobo. Instaba Rete Kike. Sheke Ke Bote. Instaba Kenge. Instaba Toko. Shigite Rete Ke. Instaba Te Ke Ke Ke. for a couple of minutes. Is that okay? You are right for a bit of prayer school? Obviously not. Alright, we'll just keep singing, shall we? Bit of prayer school. <laughs> when we begin to pray for release of salvation, there's a word in the Bible, it's called travail. It means work. Now, there's different kinds of expressions of the Holy Spirit when we pray. And many of you know these things. And if you're going to pray, really allowing the Holy Spirit to lead your prayer. There's an expression that the Holy Spirit has when we pray in this way that is not fast. It's not just lots of tongues at a pace making a noise. There's a slower, deeper expression of the Holy Spirit as He prays in us and through us. And you have to give yourself a bit more. But it's this kind of prayer that that brings breakthrough. It's this kind of prayer that releases salvation. And if we pray just fast a lot of the time, what you'll find after a couple of minutes, you'll be exhausted. You'll be like, flip, you know, are we gonna, is, is he still going to carry on at the front because I've run out of energy? Because if we are on a marathon, which life is, but we run it at a sprint, 
it's going to be, we're going to keep stopping all the time because we can't keep going. And when we pray in this way, it's not that the more you pray, the more happens. But sometimes we don't have the spiritual muscle to be able to pray to the point of breakthrough and release that God wants. And quite often we think, why don't I see some things happen? And it's because we need to develop this spiritual muscle that helps release and breakthrough take place. So you probably heard me praying a bit more slowly. You know, it's not fast-paced, like that. It is much more kind of, and you take your time. You could pray like that for ages. Because you're not sprinting, trying to get an art. Have you done it yet, Lord? You know, whatever. You know, it's like kitabo ete rudede And what you find is when you pray like that, you hear the Holy Spirit a bit more clearly because you're not in a rush. And you're not going, am I praying the right thing? Is it happening yet? Is it happening yet? What you're more praying like I take authority right now over that deception over their life and I break that over your life right now in Jesus name and right now I release the truth of who he is in the name of Jesus it's the same if you're going to knock a wall down if you take a little hammer which is speaking in tongues fast and you just with a little hammer keep hitting the wall the wall's going to stand there looking at you going well come on hit me harder try a bit more try a bit more you're never going to smack a wall down with a little hammer but if you take a sledgehammer that that takes a little bit more time to pick it up give it a swing and smack the wall you're going to have more impact right and a sledgehammer if you hit the same spot what's going to happen it's going to break through as soon as there's a bit of a breakthrough, what happens? The wall is about to come down and you'll come through it. That's what we're talking about here. This kind of prayer is more like a sledgehammer prayer. Is that all right? I'm trying to explain it. If, I don't know. So it's, it's something that God develops in you. So it's not like trying to, right, I'm going to try and pray deeper now. It's not about trying to pray, you know, go an octave lower or whatever. It's just slow down. And allow the Holy Spirit to express in you. What you'll find is the way when you pray in tongues like that, that tongue slower and stronger, because that's what it is. It's a stronger release in prayer. What you'll find is that tongue is different than the one that you use when you're praying a bit faster. Because you can hear it in the room. There's a mixture of things going on at the moment. And... and it, God, is, God is releasing a spirit of prayer in a new way on, on us as a church. Because people are praying in the night, people are praying, you know, people are already doing that before we even started the three. Something's happening, right? But we also, it, that for us as a whole body to come into more fervent, effective prayer. So when we pray like this, slower and stronger, that's a fervency. Jesus prayed like that. He prayed fervently. And when you pray fervently like that, you actually find sometimes it's not about loudness, it's intensity. So you can pray quietly. So it doesn't have to be loud. 
it could be loud. Shere, Shigebaha, Roto, Kokete, Bay. Because when you can be loud, be loud. You're not going to wake the neighbours in here. You're not going to upset anybody in here. And uh, so, but in your house, I don't know, if you live next door and the walls aren't very thick, you might not pray like that at three in the morning. You might have somebody come around and smack you one in the face. I don't know. But, uh, but this is how we want to pray. Is that okay? And uh, so we're, we're going to give it a go. Is that all right? And uh, so I want to encourage you. Maybe just say, Holy Spirit, would you, would you teach me what he's, what he's talking about at the moment? Holy Spirit, would you teach me, enable me, grace me to, to learn how to pray like this if you, don't, if you haven't prayed like that before. And, and there's an element here where we've just read about losing yourself and denying yourself. There might be an element where you have to deny yourself a bit. Because, it, it, you know, it might feel, when something's new, it can be a bit uncomfortable and a bit like, oh, you know, what other people think. Well, we might need a little bit of denying ourselves to pray like this and just to go for it. Because actually, if we're all doing it, nobody's listening to anybody else. What we're doing when we pray like that, we're more, as we're praying like that, we're listening to the Holy Spirit. And at that moment, the Holy Spirit said, take authority over this, bind that, rebuke that, cut this off. So you, you then pray in English and you take authority, not with loads of words, not with loads of words. It's just, I bind that right now. I take authority over that and I cut you off from that, whatever it is in your life right now. And it's, I release now instead. You speak that, declare it, and then you get back into that travailing kind of thing. Is that all right? Is that okay, everybody? Are you with me or have I cheesed you off? All right. Okay. So let's go. Let's just, we're, we're, remember, we're lifting the people before the throne. We're lifting him before the throne right now. We're lifting. Why are we doing this stuff? We don't just want a great night where we go home and say, oh, that was brilliant. I loved it tonight. We want to go out saying there was a release tonight. There was a release tonight. There was a release for in my life. There was a release for those that don't know Jesus. There was a release for our town tonight. There was a release for our region tonight or our nation or whatever we're doing. So just begin to pray. Don't pray too fast. Just let that expression of the Holy Spirit. You might just slow down what you're what you're used to doing and just pray in tongues a bit slower. And let the Holy Spirit get a hold of you and let Him express a bit more as you pray. Father, we lift up every one of our friends and family. Those that don't know Jesus, we lift them before you right now. Father, we thank you for the release of your life. We thank you for the release of your salvation. We thank you for the release of your deliverance. We thank you, Lord. We praise your name. Shekeke rotete. Kita bo tede rede rede kite robo. Istaba ke 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 stede dede. Ridi dede rododododo. As you pray like this, you're going to need to take a deeper breath. 
You're going to have to take a deeper breath because the Holy Spirit wants to pray from your spirit. Take a deeper breath so that you can then pray. Salvation, 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 salvation. If God gives you things to pray in English, pray it. Take authority. Bind whatever you need to say. Then release what needs to be released. And then go back into this travail.
he's doing. Just thank him. He's working in people's lives. He's working in their marriages. He's working in their families, in their households. He's working. He's working. He's working. It is absolutely impossible for us to pray in line with his will and nothing to be happening. As we pray, things are happening. Stuff is getting unlocked in the spirit over their lives. Things are getting released. Stuff is getting bound and loosened off and other things are being released, released, released into their lives. How many believe tonight? How many believe there's no point praying if we don't believe? We pray because we believe that when we pray, God moves and God answers. That's why we pray. God has given us a weapon of prayer to overcome and defeat the enemy. It's a weapon the devil hates because he knows how effective it is when believers believe and they pray in the name of Jesus, in the Spirit, by the Spirit. He has no answer, no answer. When you pray like this, when you travail like this, what are you doing? You're holding the people right up before the throne and the devil cannot touch them. He has no answer. He has no answer. His grip is broken off of their lives. His hold of their lives is loosened off and broken off of their lives. Thank you, Lord. Now, how do you know when something's happened? It's like, well, how long do I pray like that for? Sometimes we stop praying because we run out of energy. Because we need to cultivate that spiritual muscle in prayer. And sometimes we pray because it's like, oh, I can't go on. Oh, you know. And that's why these type of meetings are great. Because you probably worship more in here than you would at home in terms of the way you just go for it. Maybe this kind of prayer, you think, wow, you know, okay, you keep going, keep going, keep going. Why do we sometimes say, let's just keep going, let's keep pressing, let's keep praying? Why? Because it's actually developing and growing spiritual muscle in your life. It's not that we just want you to keep praying for the sake of it or make more noise. It's, this is growing strength in your life, strength in the body, in prayer, in faith, and everything else that God does. It grows spiritual muscle. In order for muscle to grow, you have to exercise it. And what we do every time we pray, every time you pray like that, you will grow spiritually. Something gets developed and exercised in your spirit to grow that spiritual muscle. How do you know then? How do you know when it's right to stop praying? Sometimes we stop because we just, oh, I can't, you know, surely that must be enough. You know when it's right to stop because a couple of things happen. You get this sense of, you begin to get this sense of peace. Um, but this sense of something lifts as well. You get this sense of, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but it's like, that's it, that's it. Thank you, Lord, that's it. And your prayer goes from Kitabobe, whatever you've been praying, to suddenly you begin to go, that's it. Father, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, that's it. Thank you, oh Lord, I thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Something begins to lift now. You're moving from that travail into that. Father, I thank you right now that things are happening. It's going on. I thank you for the release. Thank you for the release. Thank you for the release. And that's something that the Holy Spirit witnesses with you as you're praying. It's not that while you're praying, you're looking for that. Have I prayed enough? Hopefully, hopefully that, that lift will come. Then I won't have to pray anymore. It's not that. It's not that. It's you just keep going. And then there'll be a moment where, and it might be that you're praying for, for a, a, a bit. And, and you get that sense, but you know 
you've, you've got to a certain plateau in terms of the mountain that you're hitting in prayer. And, and it's like the Lord says, come back to that again tomorrow. Let's hit it some more. Because sometimes things need a few hits to get breakthrough. And, and so sometimes God gives you that place of peace, knowing that's it, I've prayed and that's it. But you know there might not be that full release yet. But you come back to it and you begin to pray in it again. And then there might be a release that time. But it's something that if you say, Holy Spirit, would you teach me how to pray like this? Teach me how to be sensitive to you like this. I tell you, it moves prayer from being boring to being really exciting when you pray like this. Because it's not trying to pray with many words. It's not trying to pray you know, in tongues with loads of words. It's engaging with the Holy Spirit, allowing Him to express in us and through us. So maybe just let's lift our hands as we close tonight, as we're lifting these people before the Lord and just say, just say, Father, thank you for their salvation. Thank you for them coming back to the Lord. Thank you for their healing, their deliverance. Thank you for everything that's just been released for their lives. Thank you for everything just being released for their lives. I thank you for everything that's been released for their lives. I praise your name. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How many of you are thankful to the Lord for tonight? Let's thank him, shall we? Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.